0: questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas.
1: Tonight, by popular demand, we bring you the eagerly awaited return of self-proclaimed extraterrestrial hybrid, Sunny Sito. Fourteen years ago, Sunny made a stunning appearance on Veritas, sharing her thoughts and insights on a range of topics. From the nature of reality and the universe to the role of the fan civilizations in the universe. What caught the world's attention was her predictions about the future of humanity and the planet. Many were skeptical at the time, but as the years passed by, it has become clear. Sunny was spot on, eerily spot on. She predicted the rise of the surveillance state and the increase in government control over our lives. She also warned about the dangers of the jabs and the risks of using them as a means of population control. All of these predictions have come true, and her words have been hauntingly prescient. Now, after 14 years, Sunny returns to Veritas to continue her conversation with us. She'll delve deeper into the topics discussed in her previous appearance and provide us with a unique perspective on the universe and our place in it. We'll explore the origin and evolution of the universe, the meaning and purpose of life, the history of our species and its interactions with other species and civilizations in the universe, and the ethics and morality of interspecies relations, and more predictions. So fasten your seatbelts, sit back, and get ready for an electrifying and thought-provoking ride as Sunny shares her message with us once again. And since this interview was recorded over a week ago, I decided to ask Sonny yesterday about the alleged spy balloon and the unidentified flying objects that were shut down. I also asked her about the train derailment that has caused a massive environmental disaster in Ohio, where journalists are being arrested and the media is silent. Sonny gave me her comments in writing, and I've added them at the end of this interview in part two. Sanicito, the return of a cosmic messenger. Coming up next.
2: You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at VeritasRadio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15 day free trial of FLFE today. We also have rebounders pure organic sulfur flash drives with all our veritas and sanitas seasons and other great products and if you want to get in touch with mel want to be a guest on this radio program have a guest suggestion or have feedback just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com and now here's your host mel hasselrick
1: and she's also the author of two books stranded on earth the story of a roswell crash survivor and Seti child lost upon a one-star world. And I'm privileged after 14 years, I'm delighted to have Sonny Sito back to Veritas. Hello, Sonny, and welcome back. How are you?
2: I am okay. How are
1: you? I'm doing fine. And as I mentioned to you before we begin, the style of today's interview, just because so many people have written to me through the years to, number one, rebroadcast, our interview that we did back in 2009, which, by the way, many people may have laughed at it back then, but now the same people who laughed write to me saying how accurate you were back then talking about the future. I hate to use the word because I'm censored, but the the V and the pandemic that came along, you said all those things back then completely accurate. But today, I want to ask you questions on a rapid-fire format. And I'll let you answer, I'll stop, and I'll ask again. Is that something that will work with you? And
2: if I don't understand something, I'll ask you to repeat it.
1: Wonderful. Here's the first one. What is the meaning and purpose of life from the perspective of your species?
2: Purpose of life is to as all has a soul, and the soul is energy, is to connect that energy to one another in the benefit of preserving that species' future. Not to connect that energy into negative endulers to bring along destruction. Because, And also, that energy is connected to a thing called the ego. When the ego is out of control and is full of the negative energy, that feeds off to people that are around you and they absorb, if they are empathetic or empath, they absorb that energy and that can make them aggressive or violent or act out. People, the meaning of life is the sacred spark that created the first star from when the Big Bang was formed, raw, powerful, pure energy. That the same energy that created a primordial earth that was pristine and unpolluted and not dying of, of chemicals and trashing and the destruction of, the, of the, eco- the ecology and ecosystem. Whether or not you know it, everyone and everything is connected as one in this meaning of life, which is a form of universal energy. When one, like, for example, if the honeybees or the pollinators among the insects were to die out, the plants that are pollinated would, would slowly die out. That sets off a chain reaction. The animals that feed on that plant, the animals that prey on those animals, pretty soon that gets all the way up along the food chain. And pretty soon, humans will die out because of the one little action they've caused, which has affected an innocent life, which was part of this um, cycle or pool of what the meaning of life is. And to me, the meaning of life is what I call what you do unto others comes back unto you. And that's the golden rule, and that's in every culture do unto others that you would have them to do unto you. You treat the earth with kindness, she rewards you with a flower. You, you destroy the earth and hurt her resources, she will get back at you with tornadoes and floods and hurricanes and adverse weather. Everything is linked as one. That is the pool of this meaning of life. you are all one in a big web called. Consciousness and awareness of the soul. And the soul energy is that life that goes back and reconnects with everything around it, which was first generated from like a tiny little spark called life and intelligence. And that permeates all universes, all solar systems, all forms of life, all species.
1: Can you describe the nature of reality and the universe? from the viewpoint of your species?
2: Yes. Please repeat that.
1: Yes. Can you describe the nature of reality and the universe from the viewpoint of your species?
2: We see the Earth as dying, troubled, because the humans have had so many chances to better themselves, but they allowed themselves to be used as puppets to be controlled by the reptoids and other species that came here and tried to interfere with when the Pleiadians had laboratory Earth, which was a test tube for different species development. But we do not interfere with what the humans are doing because they chose their path. They are on a path of destroying themselves. If you take a baby, for example, and the baby is screaming and yelling, or doing something, or if a child, or whatever, you try to stop the action by replacing it with something positive. You don't, you don't, um, you don't take a person and give them a gun and tell them go out and and do this, do that, do that. You don't direct your anger out on others because that creates more negative energy. We see the human species. Overall, as a species controlled by that thing called ego, which it's better than anything around it, there's not going to be no repercussions for what you do to a person or to the planet, but there is always repercussions. Your actions that you do as a species will come back on you. The consequences of your actions will always return in some way or another or in some form. We see the humans as a species. We see you as like a kindergarten life, and that you had your time, your chances to grow over the millions of whatever years in your evolution. You, you had your chances to grow, but your ego has always stopped you and has always prevented you from becoming brothers in peace instead of, and brothers or you could be helping one another, helping to solve the problems that face this earth, but instead, people are ruled by greed and hate and negativity instead of what pure, unconditional love, which is found in nature and is what creates beauty in the world. Humans are destroying that which is beauty because they are, they think for only themselves, they don't think about what their actions might do to the planet or other living life forms that live here.
1: How does your species understand the concept of time, and how does it affect your understanding of causality and the flow of events?
2: Time is another stream of energy. It can be measured in many ways, but time is invisible, though... It depends on a planet's rotation and orbit around its sun or star. Everything has cycles. Everything is ruled by this thing called time. And humans have tried to understand time by calendars and measuring time, observing seasons, the changes of the season, the tides, all that is influenced by this. Um, unseen thing called time, which is measured in nanoseconds, seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years, decades, centuries. Time is an invisible force. And it's a universal time that controls everything in nature is based on this cycle. Time continues on. It doesn't stop. Well, you can reverse it by going back in time, but in this physical reality, time is a constant energy flow that can be measured, but you cannot see it. Time affects what happens now and in the future. The events you do now will eventually happen into the future unless you change your course of what you are doing. Like... Say you're planning on going on a war with someone, you can lay the groundwork out for for planning this war, but sometime along the so-called time frame, you can come in there and prevent it and stop it by negotiations and peace, peace talks and all that stuff to try to solve differences instead of create more issues. I don't know if that answers your question. But I do have a thing about time. I go, oh, that's my big thing of time. But time is measured in five minutes in hours. Is that,
1: is that a human concept only, or do they use that throughout the universe, the concept of time?
2: The concept of time, in my opinion, is merely a human concept because only humans use devices to measure time. Out there in space... They know time as a series of natural cycles, the rotation of a, of a planet around its sun. That's time. You have so many uh, days or whatever, which is daylight, nightlight cycles, creates like on Earth, 24 hours, but that's time right there. So many orbits around a star, around its, a planet, around its star, Kind of a year. But on Earth humans are the only form that have this well it's an artificial concept. They have to measure it and record it. What
1: I've about the concept been... of what about the concept of time travel? Have you conquered the concept of time travel yet?
2: We use wormholes, stargates and portals to go from one galaxy to another, like say Earth is in galaxy A. You want to go to galaxy B. You either go by ship or by teleportation device and boom, you're immediately in universe B. You step out, you want to a new, brand new world. It's physical just like your Earth, but it's on a different physical level for reality. So, and you have to have your vibration vibrating at that reality that you stepped onto for it to be real to you. That's, and you go back in time that way to view past events, to alone solutions to prevent them from reoccurring in your current time.
1: Wouldn't that create a paradox if we go back in time to change future events?
2: That's, that is very possible. We're working, they've been trying to work on things like that on Earth. We try to go back to understand what events led up to these events that happened that were so catastrophic in Earth's history to try to learn to prevent that from happening in the future on this Earth. Like, say, there was a huge nuclear war somewhere you got to learn ways to go back, view that, like watching a movie, view that movie on the screen, which is in your mind, and learn. try to, to learn ways to prevent this from ever happening again. Like, what are the differences we must put aside to work as a whole unit, meaning all species united, to prevent? the consequences of what those actions could
1: do. What are the biggest challenges and mysteries that your species has yet to solve or understand?
2: Concerning Earth.
1: Concerning Earth, concerning your own origins.
2: We are pretty well evolved in our technology that we do not have a lot of the things that plagues us. As we have learned to cure diseases. We have learned time travel. We have learned how to, most importantly, live among ourselves as equals and not being ruled by ego. The ego is the worst thing that, and the anger and the hate that's so prevalent on Earth. We've learned to see each other as the same, not because you're a different species or a different color, But we learn to look at inside, the heart is the same, the blood is the same, the soul is the same. Humans need to learn that we are all alike inside. Just because we are different on the outside, we all have a soul inside and feel the same emotions and feelings. That's where the changes come, is is when species and people put their differences aside to learn to work with one another in harmony instead of in war.
1: But even though you are an advanced civilization, do you still have challenges and mysteries that you yes. have yet to solve or understand?
2: Yes, we have a few. We, we have a few mysteries, like death, because all organisms die, but we see that as a stepping out from one body into another. death is still a mystery to an extent. No species lives eternal or immortal, because all creatures are mortal. There's no everlasting life, because we are all born from a spark of energy, which permeates every cell. So that is still a mystery. We have challenges, just like, well, not to excel. A key extent you have on ours, but we have challenges trying to keep an insectoid species from going extinct because the reptilians and reptoids did come to our world and tried to, to annihilate it by nuclear war. We still have challenges trying to keep our species still going. But many of us are dying out because of the effects of that event. Billions of years
1: or more ago. Can you share information about advanced technologies and techniques that your species has Here developed? On Earth? And, no, on your planet, techniques that your species has developed and how these have impacted your society and culture?
2: We have what's called AI or artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence can Create clothing. It can create can be used in medicine to repair damaged tissues, to regrow damaged organs and tissues. We use um, we use that in all kinds of different things. How to grow food, hydroponics, um, to reverse climate damage. Um, other technologies we have is liquid metal. So a metal can assume a solid form, and if you want to go into a building, you can, that metal can be made to be liquid. Go into the cracks and then come back in a solid form, whatever shape you wish it to be. You do its task, like say you want to go into a dangerous building, but you can't send a person in there because it's too dangerous. So you send a special metal in there that is liquid one minute so it can go through the cracks and then boom it's solid and can do its job what it was sent to do and then come back safely with no harm to any people that would be risked to go in. That is one of our newest technologies.
1: What is the history of your species and its interactions with other species and civilizations in the universe?
2: The Zetties of the Graves have always been peaceful species. We are insectoids, but, but many of the reptoids that invaded our world came and altered our DNA to an extent, creating two or three different species. One was a reptoid uh, insectoid race, which was aggressive. They created drones or robots of the Graves. They resemble the greys, but they're not really greys because they don't have a soul. They are like androids controlled by the reptoids, And they were set to go to different worlds and conquer them and spread the illusion that the greys are a violent, aggressive species, whereas it was really the reptoids who did all this stuff and created these species for manipulating the greys' DNA with their own. To deceive others on those worlds, and the reptoids did this in a, in a in a way to make the gray Zeddies look like the wrongdoers. To go to other worlds and destroy them, your Earth included, but the gray are really not of that type. They were altered by the reptilians.
1: How does your species understand and approach the concept of? Free will and determinism.
2: Free will and determinism.
1: Everybody
2: has the choice to do right or wrong. Free will. We will like a hive. Have you know what a hive of bees is like on earth? All the workers do the task to maintain the hive and to maintain order. That's the way it is in ready society. We are like a hive mind. We are all linked to one. All is controlled by one. But when you come to Earth, you are given the choice to have free will or be hive mind. On Earth, it is impossible to be hive mind. But for free will, you've got to learn to use that free will. Oh, am I going to do something wrong? Am I going to do something that's going to benefit someone or am I going to do something that's going to hurt another creature and cause pain to that creature or to myself? Using the free will requires you to think about your actions before you do them. I prefer the hive mind because all the linked is one and work to do the task they are supposed to do in order for the society to flow freely with, with no disruption. But Earth, it's different.
1: I think they're trying to create a different type of hype mind here, using the the jab, perhaps, and creating a link into what you used to call, and others, the beast computer, quantum computer system. Is that true? That's that's in form right
2: now. You know, and you go to the grocery store, you go to the checkout, and you buy something. You have the precursor to that was the barcode, which is a series of numbers that scanned. All of those numbers are scanned and stored on a supercomputer. All of those numbers and the beast, as I call it, is linked to everything you do. Everything you buy, everything you do on this earth has a number or a code attached to it that is fed into this beast or the supercomputer. When you get sick or go to the doctor. There's a code attached to the services and stuff you had while you were being treated for your sickness or whatever. When you get, oh, yes, yeah, this has to do with the beast with a supercomputer. All who are connected by this beast to supercomputer will bear a mark, either on their forehead or on their, in their arm or in their hand. Really a microchip. And there are ways they've been doing that with pets. You know, when people have their pets get lost, their pets are microchipped. Well, it's not no longer just pets. Humans have been doing this for some time to keep track of certain individuals, like certain populations of people, like in prisons or in other situations. They microchip you against your will and you never know it. But they can track you using that so-called barcode. And in the future, nobody will be allowed to buy or sell or trade unless you have that mark in your hand or in your forehead or in your arm. That is the so-called beast of 666 that is written about in Revelation. It is linked to the supercomputer, which connects all other devices her computers to it. It's like a mother computer, and all those other computers are her babies.
1: Who is behind that technology?
2: What is that? Please repeat.
1: Sure. Who is behind the Beast computer?
2: no governments. That is, dark or secret governments that rule over the so-called normal or regular government that you see. Them and many off-world Reptilian species that have been in control on this Earth before humans ever evolved to where they are now, they were the ones that helped work with the COVID government to set up all this technology, control everyone, and to track everyone. It's all done. Government works in subliminal ways in everyday things through the so-called normal government, which is which you see, but most people don't see the covert or the dark government that rules all. Because if it's a program, mind control, that that's not reality. And so therefore, that does not exist. So they can keep you as sheep, meaning if you're a little sheep following a, a shepherd that does not know anything.
1: Who is behind the chemtrails program?
2: The CEMPRO program is multi-governments in many different nations, and them are all under the covert governments in those nations linked to the central covert governments. The type of, of uh, weather control or weather modification programs that originated back in the 1930s and 40s when they would do crop spraying, bring rain to desert areas or to change the weather in one location, but it's more than just that. The chemtrails are poison, it's not just poison or pollution, they adversely affect the environment and all life forms on this planet. They are not condensation or water vapor, because water vapor disappears, chemtrails will Cloud up the blue sky within an hour or a half hour and make it milky white and then you will get some type of precipitation and there's an oily ring around the sun or the moon when they have sprayed chemtrails. And you can taste the metals if you're sensitive. You can taste the metals that are that the particulates filter out as they fall to earth. Particulate matter in the chemtrail powder. That is mixed with the aerosols. That is strange.
1: Can you describe the political, social, and economic systems of your civilization and how they have evolved over time?
2: On my, on civilization. Yes. on At one time, we we had aggression and wars between different species. We had to learn real early in our evolution. That these species that were more advanced enough cannot get away with trying to do nuclear war, destroying the environment. They had to be taught a different way to live and to give up their violent ways because the planet depended on their actions. We've, we've had to, to go back to the hive mind and be as a hive, where everybody does for the benefit of the hive. No. No bad for the hive. And therefore, being of a hive mind, we've had to drive off intruders that have set force to destroy our planet and destroy the environment. We had to offset them and drive them off world. We are a peaceful species. We try to live in harmony with our planet and the different life forms and the animals and plants. We see them... As being our equal, not as commodities to be used and destroyed. The earth what, is a throwaway society.
1: When it comes to social, you told me it's a hive mind. And political, I presume that it's a king or a queen. But what about economic? How do you, how do you trade between yourselves?
2: Economics, we do the barter system. The barter system is a person, A, does something for person B, Person B does something for Person A. Barter and trade—that is what we, our system is based upon It's called the barter system, which is the best system.
1: Okay. Now, what is the role of spirituality, religion, and the pursuit of transcendence in your species?
2: Please repeat the first part of that.
1: Sure. What is the role of spirituality, religion? and the pursuit of transcendence in your species and civilization.
2: We see all of as, the as living uh, energy of what we call the God force, which is a type of plasma energy that, that's within everything, every particle, every cell, has a spark of this universal energy which generated life, and, and all is alive, all is living. That tree you cut down, she had a soul. And she could feel the pain when you cut her down. That clock up on the wall, she has a soul. She knows when you love her. She knows when you hate her. The spirituality is is seeing everyone and everything as alive. And having a consciousness and a soul. Humans are not the only species that has a soul. Graves, we have a soul. And what our soul is connected to what this source that we call that spark of life that first originated during the Big Bang. That is where we connect our spirituality to that very first spark of energy which created life. And when it created life that created consciousness. As everything is energy and matter, we are all alive. We all We all experience the same feelings. Like karma, you do something bad to someone, something bad will happen to you. And it's also, I'd say we base it on the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. So we see everything as alive and connected as a hive. Like that queen ant with her little worker bees. We are all as one, even though we're different sizes, different shapes. We are all as one connected to this universal life form that we call the spark of energy. God particle, the God essence, that's an invisible plasma that permeates everything. But very few people can see or feel that energy because they've been so blinded by all their programming that they are that they are blind to, us, to that reality.
1: You briefly discuss death. But how does your species understand and approach the concept of death? And what is the significance of mortality for your species?
2: Death, in my opinion, is just a stepping stone into another form. Earth is a school. You come here to Earth. You came here to learn lessons on this planet. Once you learn those lessons, you go to the next level, which is a different school. You're graded. Your grades are compared to what you did when you were on Earth. If you failed, you're sent back to Earth to repeat until you graduate to the next level. Uh, Death, really, well, on Earth, death is a physical dissolution of the body. It decomposes, rots decays, goes back to its original elements from which it came, but that soul that's inside that body never dies. That that soul is forever alive, and it goes on to learn lessons. When you die, you take those memories with you in that soul to carry on from what you left off here or where you were told to go to your next incarnation, death or whatever. I see as a series of incarnations, you are judged from the deeds you've done from the previous incarnations, and they are cumulative, and they add on to your future incarnation. Earth is a school. You are graded to how good you, the lessons you've learned. You either advance to the next levels in your other incarnations, or you're sent back here to repeat. Like repeating a grade in school
1: why don't we consciously remember past lives here on earth
2: many conscious
1: no how, why don't life? we why don't we consciously remember past lives here on earth
2: partly because of your programming as a species that that didn't really exist and mostly because of mind control, that, oh, when you die, that's it. There's no soul that goes on. But in the Eastern religions and stuff, they do believe in reincarnation and they do remember the past lives. But in modern society or Western civilization, I think it's because of mind control and conditioning your program from such a little young age that, oh, that's not true. That doesn't, that's not real. So, therefore, there's no basis for it to exist. And when you do try to tell of your past lives, most times you are met with ridicule and rejection. So, you learn at a young age to not talk about those things. I think it's mostly because of how how they're indoctrinated from the time you're a toddler. You're indoctrinated by television, radio, music, whatever. You believe a certain mindset that so-called makes you fit in a box called normal. And I think that is one reason. And that also, well, another reason would be is that the soul was cut off in its development from remembering that part of its existence because of what it might recreate in a person in this modern era. It might be such a big shock to some who find their souls turned on immediately, that they wouldn't be able to consciously handle it or control it. The knowledge would be too much. They'd like to shut down for a certain reason until it's time for them to remember their past lives.
1: You mention ego. How do ET beings view the concept of ego?
2: Ego is a force That's within everybody that says, oh, I'm better than you are. You're weak. I'm strong. Ego can be used to dominate others and to control and hurt others. Ego is why there is wars and and crime and violence on this planet. The ego is what rules people to hate others because of things they cannot help, like disability or, or the race or the economics economic status in life, whether you're rich or you're poor, when you strip everybody of this ego and all that stuff that goes with the ego, you are all the same. You take a rich man and you strip him. You take a poor man and you strip him. But they're both the same. The ego allowed one of them to become far better and so-called superior than the next. Or in fact, without an ego, you are all the same. You're just stripped of the things that that ego brought or created. The ego is a destructive force. It's why there's violence in the world. It's why there's disregard for the planet and all living creatures that depend on humans for their survival. The ego is greed. The ego is hate. We see the ego as a negative thing that hinders a lot of different species' progress from evolving to a more loving nature. Because someday, the people of this world and other worlds that are here will have to learn to get along with each other if you're going to survive and have a planet to wake up to. That's simple.
1: But do you experience Ego. ego? Do you experience ego? in the same way that humans do? Me? Yes, your species. These, these, your species. These, the, these, sure. Do does Can extraterrestrial beings experience ego in the same way that humans do?
2: A certain few, mostly reptoids and species like that, have huge egos. The aliens and more human entities have evolved beyond this thing called an ego because they had to learn to evolve and get it out of, and have it read out of their DNA in order to advance their species to live in peace and harmony. But yes, the ego is still out there in space just like it is here but we don't interfere in other worlds. They want to set their course that's their, that's their uh, free will.
1: But how do you manage how do you, how do you manage ego-related conflicts?
2: Try to intervene by giving each party a set of uh, well. This might be a better solution than this. Why don't we try this instead of doing that? Why don't we like? Why don't we try to? For an example, someone has an animal or something that's causing problems, and the person wants to kill it, and I say. No, don't kill that animal. There's a better way. Why don't we try to relocate it where it won't be hurting anybody, the people are fighting? Why don't you sit down at the table and talk about this without having emotion and heated anger, when you can sit and resolve problems peacefully instead of fighting about it and, and having an ego come in and saying, I'm better than you are, and this is my way of handling it. You have to work as a team to solve problems. Ego and fighting does not solve problems. It creates more problems. When two different sides can't agree or are fighting each other, they need to sit down, look at the problem, take the problems apart piece by piece, analyze solutions to solve these problems, Instead of using your ego and going out and trying to conquer somebody or rule somebody that is helpless,
1: how has your civilization advanced and evolved over time? And what have been the key factors in this development?
2: Please repeat the question. I'm having trouble understanding.
1: Okay, I'll do it slower. How has your civilization advanced and evolved over time? And what have been the key factors in this development?
2: We evolved as an insectoid species linked to the hive, a universal hive mind that all grays are connected to. What one gray does, everybody in the hive knows about, and we feel that and absorb that and pass that along. We have evolved by peaceful means, using our technology to try to repair the damage that the reptilians did when they invaded our world and destroyed it. That's when we lived in biodomes until we were able to create a climate to allow us to live outside of some of these biodomes. But we had to evolve by all working as one, not against one another. When you work against one another, that's where wars and, and other things come into play. We, we had to learn to evolve as one, to work as one, to save our species from becoming extinct because of what the reptiles did to our DNA during the first nuclear strikes in data reticuli and, uh, and other sectors in Q sector. Try to save us from becoming extinct. We all had to work as one and unite our energies as one for the preservation of our species as we were dying out, as we are an old species.
1: If I didn't know better, I would think that Earth is currently being terraformed. The population is taking place, the environment is being destroyed, weather manipulation, all of those things. If it is being terraformed, For whom?
2: Terraformed?
1: Terraformed. Yeah, terraformed. Like if we go to another planet, we terraform it for us. Who is terraforming this planet right now, if that is taking place at all?
2: This planet, the so called global warming or climate change, is being controlled by the covert government. They are in charge of. They're in charge of destroying the Earth and creating all of this. They they interfere with the geomagnetics of the Earth's inner core, because the North Pole is not where it used to be. They also, by the use of chemtrails and other technologies, and the burning of fossil fuels and stuff, all have played their part in creating the formation of Earth is because, well, it's really, it's, it's wrong. They want to reduce the population on Earth under a certain amount of people so that all the haves and wealthy and certain elites can have the, the resources and stuff for them to wipe out the populations that are so-called worthless mouths or useless eaters, the consumers that are seen as worthless. The people that are innocent of no, they're, they're innocent. They have not done nothing wrong. But they want to do away with the so-called useless mouth or useless eaters so they can have the resources for themselves. And part of this terraformation is creating this so-called crazy weather and crazy, um, crazy terraformation of the climate. They could reduce this if they wanted to. They could stop the the use of fossil fuels and and just use solar energy. You could use hydro or water or electric hydroelectric energy. You don't have to burn coal and produce hydrocarbons and and all that stuff, fluorocarbons and all that stuff that pollutes and blocks the sun. You see the ice if the Earth keeps going the way she is, she's going to be like Venus, which has a runaway greenhouse effect with no life. Earth could revolve. The, the humans, the governments could revolve, could resolve this. If everybody just acted as one entity, work to solve this and reverse it before it's too late.
1: But it seems so to I me, Sani, that it seems to me that we used to, in the not-too-distant past... We used to gather electricity, energy from the ether. And these reptoids, as you call them, perhaps came along and they metered electricity and energy and charged us to make us a slave species. But in the past, I believe everyone had access to energy from the ether. The
2: ether is free for anybody to use. The ether energies are free. Governments wanted to regulate this uh, so-called invisible energy that's electricity by charging you a fee to use it, by creating devices to measure it and use it. I, I had trouble understanding your, your question because I kept getting a sharp pain in my head. I could not understand some of your words.
1: Interesting. But do you, do you understand now what I said, right?
2: To an extent...
1: Yes. Now let's say something
2: look, about ether?
1: Ether. or E-T-H-E-R, depending on how you spell it, ether. Ether
2: is a, is a free energy. Yes. That's free energy. That's free for anybody to use if they have a way to tap into it.
1: And that's it's what I was like saying. We, we used to have like, a way to tap into it, but now it's forbidden. It's outlawed.
2: Forbidden because of the covert government outlawed it. Yes. Because on this world everybody wants to make a profit off of
1: something. Correct.
2: Oh if I can't make money off of that then, then you can't either. Or it shouldn't be free because then person A would not be profiting off of it if person if person B gets it for
1: free. I wouldn't doubt it, Sonny that in the future they made everyone wear a mask that had a meter about how much oxygen you take every single day. I wouldn't doubt it if that That became a reality.
2: That might be a reality. That might just come to be a reality, the way this earth is going. I don't want it to be that way because, you see, when this earth was created, it was meant to be primordial. pristine. Lush forests, wildlife, clean air, clean water, a paradise world. But polluted and dying like it is today. I hate what they have done to this planet. It makes me sad when I hear about species facing extinction and that the air is so polluted that it's so corrosive that it burns their skin because of the sulfur in it. It, it, it hurts to see the oceans dying because they're so full of trash and plastic. It hurts, it hurts me inside to see the earth dying and all of this stuff because everything is all linked as one and everything is alive, including the planet. The planet How? can only take so much before she will let it know.
1: How have I you approached? Oh, sorry. How have you approached the disclosure of your existence to other species and civilizations, and what have been the impacts and outcomes?
2: On Earth, or do you mean elsewhere?
1: On Earth, or well, on Earth, obviously the government are withholding that information. But have you have the you have? Yeah.
2: The governments are always going to continue to withhold that information as long as the covert government is in operation, because they don't want people to have a free mind to think on their own. They want to keep everybody sheeple. That is, you're a little sheep following a shepherd. You do as I say, and there's all law and order.
1: But isn't that a hive mind, almost?
2: Yes, to an extent, but that's what they wanted here because they're afraid that if people learn the truth about what's out there, that they'll panic and and go crazy and riot Not all this yeah. But don't they know, on the other hand, is that the disclosure was announced, with well, the technology you have here, which is shared technology, a lot of it was given to this country and other nations by E.T. But the advancements in the technology to come would be greatly, Greatly improved. Although there was a risk, they could use that technology to destroy this planet even more.
1: Here's the next question. Obviously, if a more advanced civilization is making its way to Earth, can you share information and techniques for enhancing enhancing cognitive skills such as memory and problem-solving skills? How have you evolved to be so advanced?
2: Do I ask you a question I still could not understand?
1: Okay, I'll make the questions shorter then. I'm just thinking, if a more advanced civilization makes its way here, how did they develop those cognitive skills to be so advanced? How can, what can we learn from them so we can evolve like they did?
2: First thing we do is when we come to another world is we study all your cultures all your languages, all your religions, all your different customs and stuff. And we try to relate to you one-on-one as like diplomats. That's why right, as a UN here on Earth where you have different nations to come together and you try to learn about each other in a friendly environment. People that are seeking to make contact with those who are not from here should do so with an open mind. And it's a peaceful mind and not a judgmental mind.
1: How have you dealt with the concept? You you, you talk about artificial intelligence. How, How have you dealt with the dangers and the consequences of advanced technology and artificial intelligence?
2: Artificial intelligence is used for the wrong purposes. Then it has to be stopped. And reshape figures for beneficial purposes, like in medicine and science and technology. Like use that artificial intelligence, like in surgery to to heal wounds or to create artificial blood or, or to make an artificial womb so a baby can be born. That's positive. Or use that artificial intelligence to change the climate to Rid the climate of all the pollutants and detrimental things that affect all the life that live on on the soil of this planet. Use that artificial intelligence to offset global warming. If there's a way to do that, by acting as giant mirrors and stuff to, to bounce the sunlight or the reflectivity away from the Earth so it doesn't heat up. I know that sounds crazy, but the technology can be used for the benefit of the species, but it can also be used for harm. That the good and the bad points of the technology or artificial intelligence must be weighted and, and looked at, pros and cons of what is, is good for and what it is not good for. Use it for the betterment of your species or society, not to destroy your society.
1: Here's a very important question. I'll try to be slow so you can understand it. How can humanity best prepare, prepare for, and manage the social, political, and economic impacts of the disclosure of extraterrestrial life visiting Earth?
2: First thing, they have to be, I have to unlearn all their programming that they were fed spoon-fed from the time the Reptoids came here and took control, which has been millennia. They must be, they have their minds slowly opened on the level that they're comfortable with. They must do this without fear, they must do this with an open heart, they must They must must undo their programming that Earth was the only planet that had life, which is baloney. They must learn that Earth is one of billions and billions of planets. that There's millions and millions of universes side-by-side in bubble galaxies, universes. All of those universes and galaxies have planets like Earth. It is closure would be a tremendous thing for the species of Earth to evolve. But they have to unlearn the mind control and the conditioning and programming if they want that to ever happen. And the covert government must be exposed. And, and the reptoids are the ones who are in control of that covert government. The reptoids who came here and shapeshifted as humans to control Earth. That was during when the Pleiadians used us as a laboratory to create the different species on laboratory earth.
1: Do you think course, these the reptoids government. have infiltrated our government and perhaps even world leaders are reptoids?
2: Yes, they're shift, And when you convey your frequency to the level of what a shapeshifter's level is, you can see through the mouse. And see who they really are. When they let their vibrations down, they can't keep their vibration up to appear as a human. For that mask will come down, and they will see themselves as reptoids. And you have to vibrate at their frequency.
1: Here's another you question: have
2: to vibrate at their frequency.
1: How has your civilization conquered disease? And can you share information about advanced medical technologies and techniques?
2: How we have conquer disease, all disease well a lot of diseases start on an energy level. Cells not well. Cells multiplying. Illnesses being transmitted by insects or animals or created artificially. We learn that we're using energy to help to eradicate diseases, energy, light, um, light energy, different medicines, things that, that work within the DNA of the cells to allow them to heal using, using light or energy as healing.
1: How has your civilization achieved and maintained peace and stability? And what can humanity learn from this experience?
2: Please repeat.
1: Sure. How has your civilization achieved and maintained peace and stability? And why can we learn peace, peace peace and stability? How have you achieved that?
2: D-E-A-C-E. Correct. Peace is learned by putting your differences aside and Trying to help one another and be calm and not negative and hateful. Peace is, is not going to war with your neighbors because you want their land or their territory. Because war affects innocent people, men, women, children. They are the innocent victims that had no say so in, in what someone else does. Peace is how you achieve love. Love and peace helps to heal all. When you are kind and loving to someone, they feel that loving energy and peace energy, and it's healing. When you are hateful and mean to, the, to that same person, they feel the aggression, the energy in that aggression come out through that hate, and it's negative and it's destructive. War and hate solve nothing they create more issues and sorrow. And this earth has too much sadness and dark energy around it. And as anyone who is empathic, we could feel, and I can feel, that energy and pain. And it's not good for the planet or the species as a whole. But to, to uh, gain peace, you must learn through understanding the differences of others and you must be non-judgmental. And first of all, you must see each other as you equal. Oh, even though he's big, he's small, he's different, whatever. Strip you of all of that stuff. You still have the same blood inside. You have the same heart. You have the same brain. You have the same feeling. That is where you have to connect to find peace. Is that like you accept others regardless. Of what they are or who they are.
1: How do the concepts of ethics and morality differ to yours and other species throughout the universe?
2: Morality is doing good deeds for others. Ethics is a code of how you conduct your life interacting with others.
0: Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Subscribe today. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today. We also have rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Veritas and Sanitas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share the video, click on the notification button to be alerted when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know.
3: 13. I had a sister for six months. She arrived one February morning, pale and shell shocked, from past lives I could not imagine. She was three years older than me, but in no time we became friends. We'd listened to her mixtapes, Dead Can Dance. coil. She introduced me to her favourite books, gave me clothes, and my first cigarette.